Welcome to Teffel Waffle with currently Steve and today I have a special guest uh, in the podcast and I'm going to be introducing, I'm going to be interviewing actually uh, this guest about life in a COVID world. Now this particular guest that we have on today um, has got lots to say about the challenges, difficulties and um, uh, other things that are faced by teachers during this fantastically difficult time where everybody's teaching from home or maybe not even teaching at all. In this case, however, is he is teaching and he's teaching all sorts of different things and he's got stuff going on that's really interesting. So welcome today to our podcast, Teffel Waffle, Troy. Oh, I thought for a moment I was supposed to pretend to be someone else. No, you're Troy. I was Troy. thinking of which accent to try and put on. I think you should try and put on a South African accent. No, I've tried that before on a podcast. It doesn't sound very good. I'm not quite good enough at South African. That's actually not South African. That's Afrikaans. That's very good South African. Okay, so now you are a teacher. I am. And you're teaching... Uh, I'd say... I. In theory, I am, but I never go to schools anymore. Right. So during this pandemic, which is COVID, you no, are... this is COVID two electric boogaloo, which is not a reference to that thing. If you're American, it's a movie reference, and it doesn't matter because Steve doesn't get either. I, I don't reference. get either of those. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So you are a teacher during COVID, and let's start with um, the challenges that you're facing as a teacher at home. Uh, as a teacher at home, because you have to teach at home, right? Yes, I do. I'm a really bad interviewer because I keep interrupting you and I'm not letting you say anything. And you've asked a whole bunch of questions and by the time you get to the end, (laughs) you ask another question at the end and I go, wait, what am I answering? (laughs) All right. So maybe this podcast is a podcast about interviewing (laughs) techniques. (laughs) With Teacher Steve. Yep. How not to conduct an interview. Okay, off you go. Okay, give me one question at a time. Uh, What are you teaching at the moment? Uh, What am I teaching? And where are you teaching it? Uh... (laughs) Okay, no, wait, wait. Yeah. what are you teaching? What am I teaching? Okay, wait, I'm going to have to look at my schedule because that's such a complicated... No, 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 answer. I mean, but okay, you know you know the kinds of classes you're teaching. So, for example, you're teaching adults? Uh, yes, so let's take tomorrow. Uh, I've got an adult class in the morning for three hours. That's about 25 students. They're all, they're all adults. Um, I have a different class in the afternoon for three hours. Also adults, it's 12 people. All right, um, but you're also teaching teens. Uh, yeah, that's on Tuesday afternoon. I've got a grade 6 class and a grade 5 class. Grade 5? Those are pre-teens? No, no, no. Second, secondary, secondary 6 okay, so and this 5. Is 16, so year, t- year 11 and year 12. 16 and 15-year-old students? Uh, no, 17 and 18. All right. Students. And these are students that you're teaching online through? Yes. Uh, I've switched to just using Zoom only. Um, From? Uh, some classes were on uh, Google Meet, and some were on Zoom, and some were on somebody else's Zoom account, and some were on a Zoom account that belonged to the course director, and they would conduct the meeting. And some Google Meet classes were conducted by another guy, but I was the teacher. It was very... Okay, so you've got... Did you have login problems? Uh it was a mix of who can share the screen, who's in control of this, um, me having to wait to join my class 
until they've started the meeting and I, I've just gone fully Zoom and Google Docs. Zoom and Google Docs are my two big ones. How do you switch between the two? Do you use them together? Uh, yeah, I use them simultaneously. So I've got two monitors. One is Google Docs and I can share the links in the Zoom chat with my students and then I can see what they're working on. And sometimes that might be a case of uh, simply we're all working on a document together, but more often it's I, I split them up into the little breakout room thing and I share a link for a pre-prepared document that I've got with each link. You know, this is the group one, group two, group three, group four. So they can see, each group can see their own document, but not the other groups, but I can see all groups' documents. Right. Okay, so... So that means that your, your Google Docs... <laughs> so you, your Google Doc, on your screen, you have 12 Google Docs open. Uh, in some cases. So the biggest class I've taught was... 43? Well, the biggest class this COVID-2 time uh, was 43. And in that one, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I probably had 10. All right. So you're teaching on Zoom. You're yep. using Google Docs. Yep. Students are working together in their breakout groups. You've got 40-odd students in the class. Or, or 10. Okay. Or. And when you're teaching, you're teaching in three-hour blocks. I... Uh, Actually, my high school classes are two-period blocks, so that's 50 minutes times two, so it's a bit less than two hours. It's an hour 40. Okay, so these are pretty long classes. Yes. Um, yes. What kind of problems are the students having during these long sessions with you? Um, the biggest problem I had initially was um, complete lack of response. All videos are off, all audio is off, and I'm talking into a, a, a void and I'm just sitting there going, hi, hello, hello, anybody, hi, and I'm getting nothing. And were they there? Uh, they were there, and I would get a response, but I found that when they're in smaller groups, breakout groups, they're much more active. And the way I know that is I turn off my video and my microphone and just join their group, and they always have their, the default Zoom setting, which is speaker view, and so only the person speaking at the time is is the main one on the screen, the others are off on a side panel. So if I pop into their group with my mic and video off, I get to see what's happening in the group before they know that I'm in their group. So they're quite active in their groups. They're not very active when we're a, a, a whole class. Um, what do you think is the cause? Oh, wow. That's, that's a question that in my first year of teaching I had to ask a lot. And eventually I figured out answers to all of that stuff. And that's a question I'm asking myself right now, and I haven't figured out the answers yet. I, I honestly haven't. What, what, when was your first year of teaching? Uh, 99? Question mark? So 22 years ago. Somewhere? So that means that the technology is bringing back these beginner questions. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, well, how can I get my students to participate? Participate and, and, and you know, I... I done some nomination stuff but the nomination stuff is often quite a little bit tricky for me because uh, a guy sets his screen name as one uh, pizza or whatever that, you know it's a random yeah, name no, and, I know iPhone. And, <laughs> and I know that's not actually my student's name and so mm. I, I want to say uh, alright and uh, Toon what do you think and I can do that and I know that I haven't asked iPhone at all but I don't want to say and iPhone what do you think mm. Well, the problem is that the student doesn't know that his name is iPhone because he just hasn't changed the setting on his, on yeah. his Zoom account, right? Yeah. Okay, so you've got the problem with the students not responding. 
Yeah, participation issues. Right. Have you got problems with the students not being able to connect for technology reasons? Oh, oh sure. Um, so in, there's at least one student in every class. Obviously, it's an exponential thing. The bigger the class, the more students have technology issues. And sometimes that's really simple things like one student's microphone is really quiet and I'm constantly playing with the volume settings on my computer so that when that student speaks, I can slide the bar all the way up and my computer goes, dunk, to let me know that it's really loud. And then I can hear what the student said and then I've got to quickly turn it down before the next student comes on and go, yeah, I think seven. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. And, um, and internet? of course, yeah, internet. Yeah. So yeah. we have lots of... Uh, sorry, teacher. Can you can you let me back in? Because I've I've got a line group for each class as well. Okay. And I get. Uh, can you can you let me back in, teacher? Um, and uh, if the students are in a breakout room, then that student who drops out and then rejoins now isn't in a room. So I've got to make sure that I Remember. I hit admit to let the student join the main room, and then hit leave breakout room, whichever room I'm in at the time, so it returns me to the main room, and then I'm w there with that guy, and I can say, um, which group were you in again? Mm. And sometimes they remember, um, I've made a habit out of labeling the Google Doc, like the first line of the Google Doc is, for example, uh, AELC group four, or whatever, and so they often do remember, but they often don't. They just say, uh, I was in the class with uh, someone named Minnie. That was an exact quote that I got yesterday, day before. And I went, oh, okay. And I just opened the breakout room list, found the student called Minnie, and, and put them into that group. Um, how about the fact that the classes are three hours long? Is that a problem for the students? Um, it's a little odd, because I, I think, sometimes I think yes. And other times I think no, and I, I, I don't know how much I'm projecting because sometimes for me it's too long, and other times I realize, oh, uh, I was supposed to let these guys go ten minutes early because I've got another class starting immediately, and I'm actually two minutes over, and I've forgotten, you know. So what what do you thing. think is the difference between the classes where you lose track of time and the classes where it drags out like that? Um, the simple answer is exactly like being in a, in a classroom. You know, when everybody's really busy and engaged, time flies and you, you lose track of time and you don't get through all your activities and whatever. And when the class either isn't very active or um, an activity just takes too long, uh, you know, it's, it's dragging on a bit, then I go, what time is it? Oh, man, I've still got half an hour left. I, what I found with the breakout groups is the... The breaking out is so long-winded. Yeah. And when you try and get into a group, it takes so 30 long. seconds. And for me, if I've got 10 groups open, then... By the time you get to the 10th group, group, they already finished the task. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a problem with ghost students? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, uh, and the ghost students become insanely obvious when you send everyone to a breakout group and there's still two people who haven't clicked that link on the screen. So I know that they're, they're either sitting there staring at their, their phone and not paying any attention whatsoever, or they've gone off to eat a cookie in the garden um, because they're... 
But but sometimes even students who are paying attention are just so hidden away. Yeah. They're they're deliberately or maybe not deliberately trying to uh, stay, stay out of the, the background, way. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you handle that? Uh, so I I find it particularly problematic when I'm when I'm trying to. It's the same as a, a normal class. You know, you can't stop the lesson for the the one student. So. You know, I might make an attempt, but then just let it go. You know, if, if I'm teaching 20 people, I can't stop to focus on that one guy who's never said anything, obviously. Um, so in that case, I'd treat it like a normal lesson. I'll, I'll make an attempt, but I'm not going to force the issue because I've got 19 other students to teach. But when they're in a breakout group and they're all silent or one of them silent, then, of course, I join their group. I realize that nothing's going on. And if they're working on a Google Doc, I can immediately see, is it that they're not talking or is it that they're not working? And quite often, so the class I had on Thursday afternoon, it was only 12 students. I had three groups of four. Uh, and I'm looking at their, their, their document to know which group do I need to quickly jump in and help. And I see one group is doing a lot of work on the Google Doc fantastic, and one group isn't, and the other group, they're, they're doing fine. So I quickly jump into the group where there's almost nothing being done on the Google Doc, and they're having this really intense discussion in English, you know, and it, it is really intense, and things are going, flying back and forth, and, and everybody's participating, and so I, I just left. I didn't say anything, I didn't even let them know I was there. Okay, well, now, fine, I'll, I'll go and check on the other groups. So I went to the group who was who was working along quite steadily on their document. And there was some discussion going on, and there was some work going on, but it wasn't particularly lively, but it was still working. So I just popped in for a moment and got them to give me some suggestions and went through more examples, and we did part of the task together. And at this point, I know that the group who aren't working a lot on the Google Doc are actually doing fantastic. The group that were kind of in the middle of the road, they just needed a bit of a nudge and a bit of help. And the other group are obviously doing fine because there's reams of stuff coming out on their Google Doc. And so I just, I'll pop in and check on them. I've only got three groups, so I've got the time to just cycle through. And I pop into their group. The, the fast group? Yeah. Every microphone and video is off. So they're not discussing it? They're all working together on the Google Doc and they're collaborating on it. I can see that three different people are typing and, and writing, but there's no interaction going on uh, uh, visually or audially. Audially? Auditorily? Audibly. In that way, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I, I, I turn on my video and microphone and, and, hey guys, what's going on? And da da da. And they just said, no, we're, we're brainstorming on the document. They were just like, we're fine. All right, so the, the students are doing things in different ways. Yep. When you have 10 groups, it, it obviously oh. takes you 10 minutes to get to the 10th group. Yes. How do you decide which group to... No, it's even worse than that, because you get to group three and realize they need help, and so you spend four minutes with them. Mm. And so by the time I get to, to, to group 10, it's... The task is nearly finished. No, what I've started doing is making really long tasks. Tasks, when I have a big class, I make the task excessively long, knowing that I don't actually care if everybody finishes it, but 
but I want everyone to have something to do. And if I have to, sometimes I'm... Okay, for the first task, I'll start in group one and I'll work through the first five, knowing that I might not get to the other groups. But the next task, I'll start with group six and, and work through it. And it's horribly unfair. Um, and I have to warn the students quite often that, okay, I'm sending you to breakout groups now. Please remember that if you're in group six, it's going to take me you know, three minutes oh, to so get to Oh, so you tell them. I, I do. For some things, like when I have to share an individual link with each group, that means, I, so I copy and paste, I, I make a, my own Google Doc that's just a list of links that tells me which group I have to paste the link into so that it's quite fast. But I've still got to join each group to paste each link. Can't you um, paste it into the chats? I, I do paste it into the chat, but I do it group by group because I found that when I pasted... Okay, here are the five links for today. Yeah. So I'd send them to the, the breakout room first and I'd give them a, a really insanely simple task. I want to send you to the breakout group and I want you to... Uh, I'm only going to give you 30 seconds. You have to come back with seven words that uh, start with AP, whatever. And then I bring them back to the main group and say, type your words in the in the chat. Uh, let's see how many of the words were the same and how many were unique. And you get an extra point for every unique one, whatever. Just some insanely easy task that lets me then say, okay, so you guys are in group one and you guys are in... Because I've made the groups and they've been in a group. And so that way I've kind of pre-created the groups. And... Uh, I'd share, here are the five links for today. If you're in group one, click link, the one that says group one. Oh, you just put that in the chat for everybody? For everybody. And it didn't work. Oh, yes. Everybody opened link one. Yes. So, no, 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 but but what I mean is, okay, so <clears throat> Bob is in group one with yeah. three other people. Yeah. Pete's in group two. With, yeah. Can't you send in the chat to Bob yes. the, the link to group one? I can. Uh, Does it not as, work? No, it's... It, it's really hit and miss. Oh. So if Bob happens to be the really tech-savvy one, tech-savvy? Tech-savvy one, it works fine. Yeah. Because Bob knows how to share that link with the other people in his group once he gets there. If he's not, Bob's struggling to figure out how to open the link. Yeah, or where the chat is. Or, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on to a different area of concern. Okay. This area of concern is... Oh, wait, is it whether or not I wear pants? Well, yes. Um, so I'm interested in what life is like at home, okay. being a home teacher. Uh, so we've all had this problem of being at home. I have the problem with the cat. The cat loves me <laughs> when I'm at home. Okay. Uh, I, I don't have a cat issue. Right. You have a dog issue. I do have a dog issue. Um, now, fortunately, my dogs are now 13 or 14 or whatever. My dogs are, are getting on a bit. So they're not a constant issue. But, they, you know, if the postman shows up at the door, yeah, there's definitely a dog issue okay but there's another issue uh yeah there is an, another issue which is sometimes my feet get sweaty and sometimes my feet get cold and are you supposed to wear shoes or not when you're on zoom I mean, that, that's an issue mm. yes and what do you do um i'm gonna this is actually true story so lately in the last week or so i've been in the habit of actually getting dressed for work Shoes, socks, pants, shirt. I don't put on a tie. That's my only difference. I skip the tie. But then at lunchtime, so by at about 11 o'clock, I probably kicked off my shoes. And 
at lunchtime or an hour into my afternoon class, the students are on a break or they're working really well in a Zoom group, and I run upstairs and, and switch out the pants for a pair of shorts. As it gets hotter. As it gets hotter, and as the day wears on. I don't know why. I, like. Well, I mean, when I'm in class, I, I kick off my shoes as well. I, I prefer teaching without my shoes on, so maybe that's just normal. But it is, it is a good idea to get dressed in the morning to go to work, even though work is just in a different room in the house, right? Yeah. Um, well, in this case, for the reason I think you're alluding at, I've actually had to move it from a different room in the house to my living room. So I, I do have a home office, but I've had to move out of my home office into my living room. Because? Um, because uh, it just so happens that schools are closed at the moment. Hmm, um, I wonder why that happened. Yeah, which means that I have to work at home. But it also means that my son's school is closed, and my wife is not a teacher. She's a nurse. Hospitals are not closed. So essentially then I'm at home all day on Zoom sometimes. I mean, I think the longest one I've done is seven hours on Zoom. And sometimes it's two hours, not a big deal. But my kid's there for those two or seven hours. And I've got to be in the room with him because he's three and a half. You know, I can't just go, yeah, just go like play in your bedroom for five hours while I do this thing online. So does it does it happen that he decides he needs some milk? Um, you know, he's not a very... Yes, it does. I mean, it's not excessive. Uh, but every now and then he might say, uh, Dad... That's experiential. Uh, ooh, ooh, and you've taken ooh, the... Ooh. Steve's interrupting his own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually going to leave that in. <laughs> Good. Steve interrupting Steve. Okay, so I yes, it does happen, but I, I've I've got a pretty good routine going where I make sure that he's had some cookies and milk or a whatever uh, before I start the class, and then uh, I try to you know whenever I can you know students are all in breakout groups for a moment. I've I've checked on them. Uh, and I can say, um, do, do you need some whatever? Do you need a and, drink? And, and on the whole, he's okay with this? On the whole, he's okay. So the way I've set it up is so that um, my desk is facing into... I'm off on one side of the living room, but I'm not facing the wall. I'm actually facing into the living room so that I can keep an eye on him at the same time. Um, and But my students can't see him playing in the background. Um, and he will, though... Of course, he can't see the students. He will sometimes come over and whatever. He wants to crawl in my lap because he's, he's a toddler and he wants a hug or whatever. Um, or he wants to come and tell me that, Dad, look at the wheel. It's, it's green. This one's got a green wheel. And mm. he, he just wants to interact because he's a child. And I've been talking to, as far as he's concerned, no one for three hours. Uh, but fortunately... My students all love it. I, you know, I think they'd actually prefer if, if he opened every class for the first half an hour. Um, but he's over it. He doesn't want to be on Zoom anymore. Yeah, he's I think that the whole thing of seeing people's houses and meeting their cats and dogs and stuff is one of the things that's actually quite interesting about Zoom. Oh, it's really Zoom. nice, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the other day, one of my students, he just picked up his laptop and walked out into his garden. 
and showed everybody what no, he wasn't. He was just moving to his garden. Oh. So he's like, I don't want to sit inside anymore. I want to sit in the garden. Nice. But of course, that that prompted some discussion. Wow, wow, where are you? I, I'm, I'm in my garden. Mm. Is it a mango tree? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, the the getting dressed for work then is an indicator to your son that you're at work. Uh, no, that's that's mainly for me. My my son knows the phrases like I, I have to work now or daddy's working or whatever. Um, part of that is the fact that because I'm now a, a full-time parent, you know, my wife sometimes doing a double shift means she's leaving the house at 6am and getting home at midnight. So part of my routine has become I get up between 3 and 4am in the morning and I do all my lesson plans early. Now, it doesn't take me four hours to do lesson plans, but it sometimes takes me two hours to set up all the links I need. You know, I, I, it took me half an hour to plan the lesson and then an hour and a half to create a document that got all the links laid out in the right order so that I know when am I sharing my screen as a whiteboard and when am I pasting. I've got a master copy of the activities they're doing and when do I paste this section onto that piece of paper and so that can be horribly time consuming but I've got to have that done by six because my son for inexplicable reasons when we're at home alone he wakes up three minutes after my wife leaves for work um, when my wife's at home he gets up sometime between seven and eight a.m. sometimes nine but when it's me and him, six. He's up at six. It's exciting to be at home with Dad, right? I guess so. And we have a nice routine. We get up. He's got a place on the sofa where I put his little mobile phone that he can watch cartoons on. And So in a way, te- teaching at home is actually harder work than teaching at school. Cause you're oh, hell yes. Not in a way. Not in any, like, in every way. In every way, okay. It takes longer. Mm-hmm. My lesson planning's longer. Um, my focus is sometimes divided. I'm getting so much less feedback. Like, it's so hard to get feedback on Zoom. I mean, you know, that the type of feedback that not... I ask a student, what's the answer to seven? And they tell me the type of feedback where I just can see that they're up to, they're up to exercise nine now and they're not struggling with it. And it's not that they're up to nine because it's too easy or too hard. or You, know, you get that immediate feedback because you can watch them working. That's oh, that's horrible. One of the problems that we're having is that our our employers think that because we were working at home, we're having an easy time. And they... <laughs> <laughs> oh, please let me go back to a classroom. Uh, oh. I I can tell you that um, I've had to do Zoom, uh, not Zoom, uh, whatever video classes where uh, I was invigilating exams. Yeah, that I can't see because the exam is as an internal document and I in that school am not part of the internal uh, Google business group whatever that's called you know on Google if you've got a paid account you you have to be part of an organization and if you're outside of that organization some stuff you can't see and in this case it was the exam that I had to invigilate and I wasn't running the Google meet nor could I see what they were doing I literally sat there for two hours watching just faces scribbling away and, you know, at the end of the Were first... Were they writing exam on paper or no, typing it into... they were typing it in, 
on a timed Google document that oh, it expires after a set period of time. They have to. So you're just sitting, staring at people I'm typing. Sitting, staring at people typing. Oh, really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Hmm. Well, COVID is an interesting time, and you're learning lots of interesting things. Well, well this is this is COVID too, and I I've got to say I thought I was ready. You know, last time I was like, yeah, yeah, I've got the hang of this. It's it's fine. It's it is what it is, and the the fact of the matter is. The phone rang. No, the fact of the matter is, Polly wants a cracker. <laughs> what is the fact of the matter? Polly wants a cracker. Okay, he'll, I'll deal with Polly. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, um, Steve, obviously you're Zooming too. Are you Zooming? I am, yes. Are you excited that Zoom has become a verb that we all understand that has nothing to do with speed or anything else? That's right. Not I that have Zoomed. I, w- I will be Zooming tomorrow. Okay. And uh, how's your... Uh, I keep on seeing it referenced online. How's your Zoom fatigue going? Actually, for me, I'm I'm in a much stronger position than you because I only Zoom once a week. Okay. So uh, I Zoom on Mondays, and then I'm kind of done for the rest of the week. The rest of the week for me is filming. I don't I don't do a lot of live classes. Mine are filmed. Okay. And they're hard. I I don't have the right face for filming. First of all, <laughs> um, and I'm not a I'm not a paid actor. And I'm not very good on camera, and I get nervous, and I think I know what I'm doing, and then I don't. It's, I'd it's have to say that technically now you are a paid actor because oh you're being paid to teach, but you have to film your teaching. I've got to film. So, yeah, I do. Yeah. All right. Um, it's I, I should be honest with people and say it's not that I'm a workaholic. I don't normally teach seven hours a day. I mean, I do sometimes, but that's not my all day, every day. It just so happens that this time around, this is so for people who don't know. Uh, we're in Thailand. It's our second wave. Our first wave, we Thailand did great. It, it came up. It went down. Schools were closed for three months. Yeah. And then we opened again, and it pretty much went back to normal. And we've hit our, our second one. Everything's closed again. And a bunch of people that I work with at different places have just gone, no, sorry, I, I don't do Zoom. What do they do? They just, no. So... I, I actually have more classes than oh, I would normally. They don't want, but I mean, that's dangerous because. No. Yeah, but if you say no, then you, you're undermining your position as a teacher in a. Sure, you are, but at the same time, I mean, the, I, I respect the decision of those teachers. I, I you understand. Know, the whole thing about the, the, what you were saying earlier, in a particular school, this grade is doing that, and that grade's doing something else, and the parents are, are really confused. And it's hard for the school and the parents and the teachers and the, everybody to get on the same page and yeah. do one thing. And we're not ready. We're not ready for Zoom 2, uh, for COVID 2. And if COVID 3 comes around, I think we're going to have the same problem. People are just kind uh, of. I've got, say, I've got like 15 line chat groups, and things are going on in all of the groups. And, you know, of course, they're, they're going on in that group while I'm teaching a whole other class. Mm. So I'm ignoring it because it's nothing to do with me. But I still have to go back and check them because there might have been something for me in that group. And then I have a whole extra set of line groups that are for the teachers in the different classes. And, of course, I've got to check those. And then some people are doing it by email as well or, or instead of. And some people also have a Google Classroom set up as well, and, and, and. Yeah, it's and a lot of work. I've got to say, I'm constantly fretting about, wait, what was the admin requirement for this? Oh, I have to upload a photo of the Zoom group being open for this class, and it's going to be uploaded to Google Drive. Okay, fine. 
no, you're logged in as the wrong account. You have to log in with your school account. But you can't log in with your school account uh, until after you've opened Zoom because you've got to log in with the Zoom account that, that, that you paid for. Yeah. The, the technical wrangling is annoying. Right, it's time for a word from our sponsor. Uh, today's sponsor is Wired. Wired.com, which no. is... No? Wired. Wired. Keyboards. Oh, right. I've actually switched to a wired keyboard for my main Zoom. I find it just a more... I don't know why. It's a more functional keyboard. I'm still on wireless mice, and I have a wireless keyboard plugged in, but I've just found that... Is it more direct? No, it's that a wired keyboard. It's full size. It's a really standard setup, and, you know, the keys are nice and big and clunky, and I make far less typos on a on a just a really... You know, the most standard office keyboard you can imagine. There you go. Some technical advice from our sponsors today. You can buy one at uh, wiredkeyboard.com. Actually, you can probably buy one at Wired. I'm sure they review keyboards. I'm sure you can buy one at your local coffee shop. Huh? I buy them everywhere now. Huh? Well, anyway, you can get 10% discount on... Um, keyboard if you walk in and go, Devil Waffle! <laughs> Playful Waffle is proudly brought to you by the Nonstop Wafflers. Tor and Steve, for any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tefalwaffle at gmail.com or visit www.tefalwaffle.com.